0: Hi, and welcome to the human side of business podcast. I'm Angie Cabe, CEO and co-founder of Intuity Performance. I'm a performance coach, HR professional, whole person leadership facilitator, and your host. The human side of business podcast is fueled by the genuine curiosity to understand how personal characteristics and skills can be leveraged to drive individual and team performance, tangible outcomes, and ultimately organizational success within business. Each podcast is devoted to sharing knowledge, expanding our learning edges, and exploring the trends in corporate culture towards growing the emotional intelligence of organizations. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, Diana. Welcome to the Human Side of Business podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thanks, Aunt. I'm excited to be here too. It's great to see you again. Yes, likewise. Sure. So let's tell our viewers where are you zooming in from and who do you work for?
1: I am um, in the state of Illinois, um, mm-hmm. kind of around the, the nose of Illinois, I guess you would call it. But for those of you not, I'm used to the, um, the states, but um, I work for a company called Uncommon. We are an IT consulting company. Um, I'm in HR. I have about 10 years of experience in HR. So um, the rest of the geniuses do all their things and I do what I can do to support them, um, as we grow the
0: company. So, yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. And what I'm really excited about, uh, having on the podcast, Diana, is cause we've been kind of back and forth mm-hmm. around the topics and, and how they blend with regards to self-awareness as well as difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. And it, it sounded to me like in the background, uh, in our kind of green room, we'll say, that there, there's something kind of pulling at your heartstrings. So, let's dive in. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So it's kind of weird, you know. Sometimes little um, messages will come through. You're like, something's just on your heart. It keeps coming up. You're seeing in every situation you're encountering, and it's mm. around the hard conversations that mm. we need to have at work and at home, and ultimately with ourselves. um, mm. You know, and we were supposed to record before, and things happen and and I'm so glad there was a delay in that because mm. I had just come off of something where I needed to have a hard conversation with myself mm. and like that vulnerability. We've talked about that. Right. Right. And right. I probably wasn't in the right headspace, And so that delay divinely guided, whatever, um, helped me kind of process some stuff mm. and, and work through some things. I had some work things like some life things. So, um, I think it's trusting in the timing of when to have conversations as well. So mm-hmm. I don't know. That's kind of a lot of coming out right now. But
0: that's, <laughs> that's kind We're of just ripping off the freaking me. bandaid here, are Yeah, we?
1: yeah. Just I just let's go for it, right? So and it's hard because you have to like really expose so much about what you're thinking and yes. feeling around situations. And
0: definitely, definitely. Where do we want to jump off from when it comes to these hard conversations? Because I'm hearing quite a few things in there, which I absolutely adore. (laughs) So hearing, Diana, that there's the introspective piece. So what's going on inside of me? And Mm -hmm. what do I need right now? And how can I percolate on this so that I can have real conversations with the people around me in an authentic and human-centric way? Mm -hmm. The other piece that I'm hearing is, The topic around difficult conversations, generally speaking, and how do we ensure that we keep that heart-centered approach, Mm -hmm. even when we have to have those difficult conversations? Yeah, yeah. Tell me, like, so let's go deeper. Tell us more if you're open to the situation, so that we can kind of get where your head's at. Sure. Yeah. Gosh,
1: vulnerability coming out right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think, if you want to look at it in the workspace, right? We Mm -hmm. hear a lot of people say, "Leave your work." Or leave your home issues at home. We don't right. have space for them at work, right? And and that's not really fair. And you know that as a person who sees the whole person, mm-hmm. like you can't ask people to just completely shut off parts that are maybe they're struggling in or they're they're just really just trying to understand better. I see you um, as humans. It consumes us. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. we want them crying at their desk all day, and that we shouldn't like maybe intervene in that way in the workspace, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a point where we need to just let people be who they are and, Mm. and have that conversation. What's going on? Something seems off right now. Are Mm -hmm. you okay? Mm -hmm.
0: And,
1: and that seems to be something that's like, um, a little bit frowned upon. I think we're getting better. I think companies are doing better. Managers are doing better. Like you're training people. Like you literally do this. (laughs) to show people how to have these hard conversations and right. um and I think at the core of it it frees people up mm-hmm. to, like not have to like hide the heavy and, right you know people talk about over oh, family at work and we're we're here for you well mm-hmm. if somebody's going through a whole lot of stuff And all you're thinking about is your metrics and um, your deliverables and, and, and is this person following the rules? Like, okay, but there's something off and their performance is off. So I guess that's kind of where I see it in the work workspace.
0: Fair. I think that's really fair. And there's a few things coming up for me too. I I think you're absolutely correct, Anna, and saying things like, you know, we can't separate our person from our performance, Mm -hmm. meaning that, you know, gone are the days of the the reality that we can have those divides between work and home and, you know, maybe sports life or volunteer life, what have you. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just not a thing. And having that pressure on your team members, whether known or not known in the workplace, can add levels of stress. And And I think that's where a lot of perfectionism is allowed still Mm. in the workplace Mm -hmm. because it's like, you know, I got to do my, my 40 hours. I have to hit my objectives. I have to be strong. I have to be able to take all of this on. And I think what we're forgetting is that, you know, of all the emotions that we have, we're meant to experience them all. Mm -hmm. It's, it's how we look at it from a perspective of, you know, what's really coming up for me. I think that's the first perspective is, Mm -hmm. you know, really understanding ourselves in the moment and, and being able to make, I guess, cognitive decisions around how we want to look, feel, see, believe, and then act upon these conversations. Mm Um, I really think it always starts back with that self-awareness piece Mm -hmm. as to how do I perceive myself? And am I correctly understanding how others perceive me? Mm -hmm. And and I think we forget the secondary piece of it oftentimes. the other thing that comes up for me when it comes to difficult conversations is, you know, that self-management piece. Mm -hmm. So to your point, I loved what you said, Diana, you know divine time or not, it allowed you to take space to think. Yeah. And for some individuals that can be a really hard act to follow mm-hmm. as to, to be able to understand when you need space, um, how to take that space respectfully, especially in the workplace and, and then being able to come back to the table to have, you know, a, um, a curious conversation, I guess is what I like to call them.
1: Yeah. I like Yeah. That. Curious yeah. Conversation. It's great. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Cause that's really how you get down to it. Right. You know, if I'm at work and something is incredibly triggering me today mm. and I don't have the self-awareness around it, then I'm going to charge through my day and just tear Definitely. everything up in my path. Right. Um, And so to me, that's, Oh, I see something. They're triggering me. I need to be curious about it. What's going on. Mm-hmm. I can kind of, you can kind of drill down a little bit. Like, um, for me, it's, well, maybe I thought I was supporting correctly and now I feel like I didn't support. Right. And now Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, am I not good enough in this moment? And Mm -hmm. that is some people double down. Well, now I'm going to really prove it. And some people are like, I'm just going to (laughs) shrink. And and that's something I used to do. I used to shrink when I felt that little bit of like pullback from maybe I didn't do good enough. Right. And, but if I haven't worked on that in myself, that trigger can really cause issues in the relationships around me, including (laughs) with myself.
0: (laughs) Definitely, for sure. The the other thing that I was hearing you speak to was the normalcy Mm or making difficult conversations normal. Not that we want to approach every conversation with it being challenging or complex or difficult, but when they do arise, having the culture set in place. Mm-hmm. That at the end of the day, we trust that we're looking at this, you know, from a place of curiosity in the first instance and navigating it from a place of problem solving. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Brene Brown said, it's it's, you know, being able to uh uh, be in the arena together, right? We're ready to rumble. That's that's mm-hmm. a quote that I love. My business partner and I use it together. Uh, whenever we're strategizing, we make yeah. jokes, you know, mm-hmm. are you ready to rumble? <laughs> <laughs> because we know what that signals to each other is that mm-hmm. we may have debates, we may mm-hmm. have disagreements. It may feel a little bit uncomfortable or challenging because we're talking about money. We're talking about investments. We're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, strategizing and export and all this great stuff for our services. But at the end of the day, we're two very different people that complement each other that make our business great. And so when it comes to, I think a culture set, it's making sure that your team members know that it's okay to have differences of opinions. Yeah. It's, it's how we go about it. Mm-hmm. And trusting the fact that at the end of the conversation, We may not always have a resolve immediately, but minimally, we're going to have some action steps or something else to percolate on so we can come back to the table for future conversations.
1: Mm -hmm. We all really have the same need at the end of the day, and that's to be heard and seen Mm -hmm. and to have space held for us for a little bit. If I'm talking to the CEO and I say, hey, this is bothering me, and he's really gruff and rough. Mm. which it's not, but if he was, (laughs) that would change my dynamics as an HR, right? And then that would also change the way that I deal with my um, coordinator or Mm -hmm. my director or Mm. anybody else in a manager. I'd be like, well, that's just the way we go. But I think it's the culture that is fed by them.
0: What I'm hearing is you're collecting your thoughts around, you know, when it comes to difficult conversations, if we're in the middle of an organization, and the culture's not set as to where we need it to be or where we think it should be collectively, Mm -hmm. then it can be really difficult in managing ourselves and therefore reacting to Mm -hmm. either gruffness or heightened tensions or things that um, could be quote unquote triggering to ourselves. I'm also hearing veins or things like, you know, how do we have difficult conversations with our direct reports or our team Mm -hmm. members even our peers, so that we can stay engaged. Because yes. at the end of the day, that's to me, in my mind, the name of the game. We need to make sure that our team members are engaged. Right. You know, we It is a place of work. We do need productivity. It does matter. But how we go about it, coming back to that human-centric word, mm-hmm. that's what matters the most. And, and it's figuring out all of these dynamics of, you know, with the CEO in that example, do I need to adapt to his style? you know, and, and he's just um, more of a dominant personality. So it's, it's me showing him how we're winning. Mm -hmm. And, and if he's gruff with me, I'm able to feel confident enough to ask questions so that I get what I need as well, by way of a little bit of calming and understanding where his gruffness is coming from. And conversely, from a leadership perspective, being able to know trust and adapt for your team members, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's knowing what your team members need, trusting right. that when your team members come to you, they're coming from a place of good or there's something that's coming up in them that needs attention mm-hmm. and adapting as much as predictably possible without being fake so that at the end of the day, you're walking away with a win-win.
1: Right, hmm. Yeah, because people, I think, inherently want to do a really great job. Yes, I believe it do. And sometimes you hear the conversations of, oh, they're lazy or or, they don't want to do this, but, um, are you motivating them correctly? Mm. And and are you having that? Hey, what's going on? What do you really? And sometimes we think a hard conversation is because somebody's done something wrong. Mm. Some people, a hard conversation is actually getting to that next level of connection. 100%. Right. And it's kind of frightening. And, um, and I think that's really where the magic is though, because you find out what makes people tick. And you find out, oh my gosh, you're curious about this and you're motivated by this. Well, I've been thinking about a project and this is like kind of where we're aligning. And and so it's giving people the freedom to just express and be who they are without Mm. fear of, I'm not going to fit in here because mm. I'm different, you know? And I think that just creates the space for people to kind of showcase the gifts
0: and abilities that we don't see on a resume. For sure. I, so when we're talking about difficult conversations, Diana, what's, what's your perspective of, and based on your experience, when it comes to individual team members, how do we discuss difficult conversations? So Mm -hmm. not the difficult conversation itself, but with a team member understanding how to even approach Mm -hmm. the subject. I think the first step is to be a listener, which sounds Mm -hmm. so basic,
1: right? Yeah. If you're having a conversation with somebody and you kind of hear them talk about, they keep saying the same words over, or they keep bringing up the same situation, that is something in them that they need seen.
0: Mm. And as
1: a leader, it's good to pick up on that because there's a moment right there where you can have a hard conversation around something they're kind of edging out, right? Mm. And they're kind of talking about it. Mm. So this person keeps making it hard for me, and most mm. managers like don't want to hear that. Like I don't want to hear about who makes it hard for you. Just do it, right? But there's a conversation that needs to be held around there because somebody's feeling like they're not able to expand. Right, and, and when people shrink, we don't get the best of them. No. Um, so I think listening is huge, right? You just got to be listening to those key keywords and um, what are they saying and not saying? What are their body language, right? And I know we all know this stuff, but it's good to repeat it. But um, but don't do it in public, you know? Like don't reprimand and don't call out people and don't have those, um, hey, are you really okay conversations in a space where they feel exposed, mm-hmm. you know, you may mm-hmm. feel comfortable with everybody hearing it, but maybe mm-hmm. they're not. And mm-hmm. I think it's respecting privacy for people. Not everybody's um, okay with the exposure of things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also just kind of like not taking it personal. Like, just don't take it personal. It's really not even about us. It's not about Mm -hmm. you as my boss. It's about what's going on inside of me Mm -hmm. and and how I'm handling the things around me. Mm -hmm. So I think those are like big three things, which, you know.
0: Yeah, definitely. And what was coming up for me, you know, very strong and valid point with regards to listening. Oftentimes what I see in leadership is that if I ask the leader the question, hey, are you a good listener to your team members? They're like, yeah, for sure. And, and with the duality of intuitive performance, I can see them from a coaching perspective and, or from a facilitation perspective. And there's been a few engagements where I've seen clients and they're like, yeah, I'm a strong listener, 100%. Right. And then you see them in meetings and they're on their iPad or they're on their, their cell phone. And someone's talking about, you know, whether it be rocks or goals or objectives, or they're talking about something to do with communication or soft skills, whatever we're doing. Mm -hmm. And the leader is totally checked out and they'll chime in because they're listening, but they're listening for pieces of information that they need or feel they ought to comment on. Mm -hmm. And this is where I feel self-awareness backs into the listening piece, because we can think that we're good listeners, but if we're honestly not able to, in that moment, to hear your team members, to read between the lines to give them your undivided attention, even to be able to feel into some of this stuff. I know, no, I know a lot of people still don't like the warm and fuzzies. I do not. But, <laughs> but to me, when we feel into things, it's a skill set. It's a hard skill. It's not a soft skill. It's a, a human skill, we'll say, right? And if if we're having challenges in conceptualizing those things and acting upon them, mm-hmm. then we're what I would call, from a coach approach perspective, we're at level one. So we're listening to information to feed it back. Right. and you know when we get into the perspective of what we call level 2 or level 3 listening then distractions go away all the way up to you're in a bubble with this person and you're no you're you're truly understanding interpreting what they say from from a duality conversation and being able to to feel into what's going on with them and and i think it's really important in leadership to have that skill set because to your point if we're seeing something come up over and over and over again, and these are for our task oriented leaders, this impacts productivity. Like, I mean, it's a billion dollar market yeah. with decreases in productivity. Like, if anybody follows Cy Wakeman, she did a research study, and on average, we're dealing with two hours per person per day in emotional waste. And that's revisiting these conversations of what's bothering me, what's bothering me, what's bothering me. Mm -hmm. So if we have leadership skill sets where we heighten our listening skills, we can help and lend problem solving to our team members. Mm -hmm. Is it heavier or a little bit more daunting from an administrative perspective to get people up to speed? Yeah, I, I won't lie, it is. But once they're there, Mm -hmm. and they see that you're willing to do that for them, they are 2x engaged, and productivity Mm -hmm. can skyrocket upwards of 20% in one year. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when we're looking at this from the duality perspective of, okay, how do we balance our operations and our people stuff that we need? It's looking at it from a leadership perspective of what skills do I need for my company and for my team? And how do I how do I level so that I can ensure that my management team is getting the same and my management team is giving the same to my team members? Um, so that's kind of what came up for me from a listening perspective. I also think adding to this, when it comes to difficult conversations, it's normalizing that a difficult conversation doesn't have to be a conversation. It's just a conversation that feels icky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah. again, like when we think about our feelings, Mm -hmm. we have the feelings that fill our cup or that we lean into. And those are the happiness, the excitement, the joy. Like those are all the things that people tell you to chase. And then there's the feelings that are not fulfilling or or disengage or empty our cup. And those are things like anger, frustration, sorrow, not feeling like we're enough, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And those feelings we've been told to avoid. And that can't be furthest from the truth because when we start to avoid, then that leads into things like addictions, Mm -hmm. stress, You know, disability, time off work, unhappiness even, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's a wide spectrum. And so I feel like we don't have to be psychologists for our team members, but we do have to be able to be emotionally intelligent enough to sit with our team members and be like, hey, this is going to be an awkward conversation because it's an awkward topic. And I might sound awkward to begin with, but I think it's really important. And you're important to me as well. Is it cool if we entertain in this conversation right now? And you tell obviously you tell them what it's about. Mm Um Yeah, that's great. I think that I think that again, normalizing difficult conversation is is truly important because at the end of the day, I think to your point, what you said earlier, Diana, you get to understand their motivators. You get Mm -hmm. to understand what they need. You get to understand, you know, what specifically in this conversation do we need to accomplish. And then that that. Um, I guess the, the deproductivity can drop and conversations can become quicker once we get over that mm-hmm. awkward hump, I believe.
1: Yeah. And you know, a lot of people, the indecision of every task is like, if, if you are not able to make a good decision quickly, it becomes mm. laborious mm-hmm. and it takes longer. And a lot of that is hesitation within self right? Mm. I am afraid to make this call. It's sending Mm. an email. Why Mm. am I so freaked out? Why am I like, I'm looking at all the grammar, I'm analyzing everything. And there's that paralysis of what if the wrong, what if the wrong person reads it? Or, you know, I send it to the wrong person and oh my gosh, everybody's got PHI, you know, it's like weird things, right? But that indecision of, is this a good call? Is that not a good call? And I think if, you're paying attention to your people and you see that indecision it's because they're needing some self-trust
0: mm. they're not trusting
1: themselves and is it because you're not trusting them to drive
0: mm.
1: are they not trusting themselves so to me that's a, a big signal you know if the decisions are are hard to make um or maybe they're not always right but are you allowing room for mistakes because mistakes mm. are just opportunities right mm-hmm. it's most things can be corrected, even in HR, right? We see this all the time. We mess up, nobody sees it if it's small and everybody sees it if it's big, right? So, <laughs> yeah. so there's a little bit of, I get it. Like you don't want to mess up because the visibility of it. Mm. But I have never been um, in my current company, like like decimated for making a mistake. You know, mm. there's room for mistakes and because mm. they are opportunities. That doesn't mean that things don't have to be corrected and stuff like that. And they do, but are we giving people space to be human? Right. Right. To right. make mistakes, but definitely, more, yeah. But the more you let them make mistakes and give them the courage to find their way back, they're mm. going to make better decisions. They're going to start trusting themselves in these situations. Like, Oh, my intuition was right. I don't need to doubt myself in this. Or if I do mess up, my boss, isn't going to fire me today. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm so there's something to be said about indecision as well.
0: Definitely. And, and I think we can all learn from the tech industry, like fail fast, right? Fail mm-hmm. fast because you get answers. Fail fast because it gives us an opportunity to problem solve. Fail fast because it gives us an opportunity to learn. And I think that's where in most organizations, difficult conversations arise or the perception of the same mm-hmm. because we we get into this analysis paralysis mode or we freeze because we don't want to make the wrong decision. What if I have to have a difficult conversation after this or before this, or this is. Um, So I, I totally agree with you 100% having the landscape and the safety net of your team members, knowing that nine times out of 10, for the most part, failure is a way for us to figure things out. Right. Either by way of individual performance, it could have to do with actual design. It -hmm. could have to, it could actually save us millions of dollars if we make this one, you know, small mistake upfront. Um, of course, applying common sense, there are (laughs) situations where if we fail, it's, it's a large one. Yeah. But I mean, there's been case studies where, you know, with GE, if I remember correctly, um, there was the head of operations, We know him as Jack Welch, I do believe, Um, and there was a huge mistake. Like, I mean, fatal. Like, like there was a fire. (laughs) You know, nobody died, but instead of firing him, head office pulled him in to have a conversation, to right size him, and mentor him to not make that same mistake again. Yeah, that's amazing. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? (laughs) Right? Having People that culture. Don't let go for less. I mean <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's an extreme example, Diana. But yeah. you get where I'm going with this I in the sense of mm-hmm. to your point, everybody doesn't go into the workplace being like, hey, how am I going to mess this up or muck yeah. this up today? We go in mm-hmm. from a place of genuinely wanting to do the best based on where we're jumping off from. Yeah. And so I think it's collectively understanding each other that sometimes having those difficult conversations minimally can provide us perspective, and maximally can prevent fatal errors. I'd like to dig in a little bit deeper on the individual side of things. Hmm. How would you approach difficult conversations? Or how would you mentor someone around their beliefs and mindset when it comes to difficult conversations?
1: So I think um, if I'm talking to someone, and, and I'm coaching them how to have one, Um, I would actually coach them how to have them with themselves first.
0: Mm. How do you talk to yourself? Mm. How
1: are you correcting yourself? How Mm. are you showing yourself grace? Because how you show yourself is how you're going to show to others. Mm -hmm. And some people are really good about masking up and they're mean and hard to themselves and they are sugar sweet, but there's a limit, right? Mm -hmm. And that runs out. And then all of a sudden there's this exposure of self that you're just like, wow, where's that coming from? Mm -hmm. Like you're frustrated, your boundaries have been crossed. You've been quiet when you should have spoke up. So I think the first thing is what do you want? Right. Most people are, it's just such a frightening question. It doesn't mean do what you want, but just what do you want? Mm. I want to come to work and I want to have a job where I have flexible hours and I can take off for my kids things. And I'm not guilty. These are things you want. Okay. So is the company you're working at? aligned to that. Mm. Well, no, they make me work five, 10 hour shifts. Even if I don't have, then that's not an alignment and you need to leave, mm-hmm. right? Because all you're doing then is trying to, to like steer a ship in a direction that you and in your inside level, your soul level saying, why are you here? You're mm. missing out on family stuff, which you said is important. Mm. You're missing out on downtime because you said it was important, but mm. now that it's important. Um, and I think there's more to it than that, other than just the hours and stuff. But it's really, what do you want? I want to go in. I want to do a good job, and I want to support. I love to support people, and right it,
0: it makes my heart so full. Right?
1: <laughs> I know.
0: I know you. Like I, yeah. mean, I think I think we've only had like two conversations, but yeah. immediately, um, my heart sang as as soon as I heard you speak about people because. Yeah you have a passion. It's not just a job of HR. Like you genuinely want people to do well using your words on a soul level. And I think if we're digging deeper from a tactical perspective, I love that question. Even when it comes to -to day-to-day difficult conversations, what do you want to get out of this? Right. And so essentially you're contracting with yourself and then can contract with others Mm -hmm. to say, you know, I've thought about this. Here's what I want to get out of this conversation. I want to hear too. What what do you want to get out of this conversation? Hmm. Because I feel like when it comes to difficult conversations, those types of questions are often answered at the end. So it's like, you know, here's my point of view. Here's your point of view. Here's my debate. Here's your debate. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll go full circle five times in the amount of the hour that we have together. And then at the end of it, we figure out what each other wants. Mm -hmm. I think if we kind of rip the bandaid off and come from a place of curiosity to understand Mm -hmm. what we want out of the gate, then that can prevent a lot of that circle debate as well. Um, As well as being vulnerable and normalizing it across all genders to say things like, I feel. Mm -hmm. Um, At work, it's okay to say, I feel frustrated about this because, or I feel excited about this because. um, It's allowing people in so that they understand where you're coming from. Because if you were, if we were talking about something, like maybe we're talking about a new HR engagement project, and, you know, we have to have a difficult conversation around, do we attach a budget or not to this, right? And so I'm coming to you with a really exciting idea, but it's going to cost the company money. Whereas you're looking at it from maybe um, a level that has to do with budget and conversely we don't have it in the budget for the remainder of 2022 but have to look at 2023 Mm -hmm. if i were if if you were to just come across stern and say no we don't have it in the budget Mm -hmm. and i turned around and i said something to the effect of well diana i'm feeling frustrated because i've spent like six hours researching these things i thought this was for our q4 rocks Mm -hmm. i'm really confused as to why we're being so stern about the budget yeah then it can kind of allow you to step back and be like, oh, geez, Ange, I didn't tell you about the fact that we had an extra spend from an HR perspective. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, well, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Versus me holding on to my emotions and just telling you what it should be and you holding on to your emotions and being like, okay, you need to back up. I don't know why you're coming at me, right? Mm -hmm. Or vice versa.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think being asked why is very intimidating to Mm -hmm. a lot of people in charge. Yeah like it's like this kind of like disciplinarian. like, you don't talk to me that way. And yeah. that's not true. I am a person who seeks um, clarification often. I need to know more. And it's mm. not because I don't trust you. It's because I need to know if what I'm thinking in my thought process is on point. Am I right. tracking? And am I in alignment? So for me to go and for like, for to say, Hey, what why are we not able to? Well, most people would just be like, well, fine. Gosh, there's such a, whatever. Mm. I promise I said, I wouldn't try to swear today. So <laughs> um, but such, no judgment. It's such a beef, right. And yeah. why are they like this to me all the time? Every time it's a no, well, maybe just ask the question. Right. And, and that's, and that's hard because sometimes you get met with a door, um, mm. you just get met with more force, right. Of, mm. you know, Like, well, now you don't feel like you're important enough to know the answer, but you're partnered in. Mm. So you do deserve an answer. And I Mm -hmm. think empowering people to ask why is a really great place to start, too. Like, Mm. it's okay to ask me why. I'm not offended by that. Ask me all the whys. Mm. Because the more you understand, then maybe the closer we get Mm -hmm. to understanding and moving forward with a different plan for Q1, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. so. I think why is it a really great thing to just start implementing into every conversation?
0: Yeah, I enjoy that 100%. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to like a coach approach perspective or even from an HR perspective, I think often asking why in mm-hmm. some circumstances can add a level of combativeness. I, I just want to play devil's advocate first. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, I I I know exactly where you're going with it in the mm-hmm. sense that asking, you know, what's the purpose? How are we going about this? Um okay. what does this mean to us? Those types of questions. But if I were to approach someone oftentimes and say, "Well, why did you do it that way?" immediately we go into, you know, reactive mode. And reactive mode can mean different things to different people from shrinking to defending. Mm-hmm. And and so I cannot I appreciate and understand the reason behind asking the question can be hard, especially to your upper management team. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's understanding your audience in the first instance to, you know, Diana's, you know, front-loading her conversation. She's bold, she's open. So I can ask her why, 100%. Yeah. But I might speak to the CEO much differently to be like, hey, can I have a little bit more information to, to have a full landscape or a full scope as to, how we're approaching this and inadvertently that can give me the the why.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We should not walk into our C-suite. <laughs> <laughs> why are you doing this? You know, like there is definitely no, your audience. Yeah. i glad you put that out there. Like I don't want <laughs> to losing their job. Cause I was like, just ask why and they do it. But I think it's fair to say you are empowered to ask why. Yes, and very you much just so. That is part of your culture then. Mm. And then if you've done the work in yourself, then I'm not triggered by your why question or
0: your, One hundred percent. I just yeah, see yeah. it as
1: a bridge to yeah. get through a gap. And so that's why a lot of what you do is important too, because you're helping managers understand the why, the pushback. It's not really about you personally.
0: No, it's, it's just not. about
1: the person trying to understand their place mm-hmm. and what you're trying to create. People are afraid of being kicked out of spaces all the time.
0: 100% Maybe. figuratively and yeah. emotionally for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Then being able to ask the questions just allows them to feel safer in their container that they're in. That's 100%. So yeah, definitely. Just kind of stop being like, oh my gosh, you're challenging me. It's not a challenge, but it could come across that way. So people mm. can really watch their tone and the words that they use around the why. But if you can kind of train people how to ask why in a, in a way that fits, I think it's a great,
0: great Definitely. Way. Definitely. And I, I like the fact that you keep going in between or, or threading in the fact that part of this is culture. This is mm-hmm. how we set up for a whole organization. Part of this is management or leadership expectations, albeit our styles are going to be a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. but this is typically speaking our core and what we do. And then I hear a third piece in there where it's like individually, mm-hmm. how do we manage ourselves and the information that's coming into us? And you you're you said it a couple times now. so depending on what you need to heal, And I really enjoy that perspective because it's not, I think what I'm hearing is it's not about looking at distinct traumas, but more specifically looking at it from what do you need to heal from a trigger perspective? Mm -hmm. Because certain people can say certain things with an opposing intent of how we take it and mm-hmm. I think that comes back around full circle to levels of self-awareness as yeah. to what's going to positively impact me and what's going to negatively impact me. And then what do I choose to do with this information now that I know it? Because mm-hmm. so many of us leaders and individuals, professionals in general, walk around on autopilot. Mm-hmm. And I had it. I had a coaching client, just a sidebar example. We'll go down a rabbit hole here. I had a coaching client and... I was able to, like, it, it was a lot of riffing back and forth, right? So we would laugh, we'd carry on, but a lot of experiential coaching that that took place there. And one day they were expressing from a place of vulnerability around how they felt about a conversation in the workplace. And I had this epiphany and I was like, have you ever taken like, training around your feelings or training around emotional intelligence or, you know, are your parents psychologists? And I was being kind of sarcastic because I had that latitude to do so. And they were like, no, not at all. And I was just like, okay, I just wanted to understand the landscape before I asked this question. And I said, how can we be expected to manage ourselves as a leader in the workplace if we're not taught how to do it? And now we're adults. Yeah. (laughs) Tell (laughs) me more about this. And and they reflected on it and they're like, oh, geez, wow. Mm-hmm. And so what was comical about this situation is that we co-created this idea that we're full-blown adults and professionals with MBAs, with, you know, beyond, what, whatever type of acronym you have behind or letters behind mm-hmm. your, your name, but when it comes to dealing with conflict or dealing with something that makes us feel uncomfortable or excited or overstimulated, Nine times out of 10, it's like we have these little toddlers running around in our brain, these emotional toddlers, like, I'm triggered, I'm triggered, I'm triggered. So we all have different ways of reacting based on those triggers, but coming full circle uh, and out of that rabbit hole, I guess we will say, Diana, it's, I feel looking at it from the perspective of when it comes to healing our traumas is is more so around understanding our triggers and and identifying what we need, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously in different circles, in different conversations, in different scenarios, we're going to have different levels of how we express that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's a, a pendulum where we have to figure out, do I just ask for what I need all the way up to, am I, you know, naked with regards to the conversation to say, I'm feeling this way. I feel triggered and here's why I feel triggered and here's what I need from you. Can you be there for me? Depending on relationships, Right. Mm-hmm. So, so that's kind of what comes up for me. And I think it's really important to make note of those types of things, because that's the basis mm-hmm. of how we radiate within conversations, right? Mm-hmm. So, so if I'm always taking things personal in the workplace, how can I be overtly there for my team members? Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back to, you know, what you were saying as well with regards to being able to ask a question why and normalizing that piece too.
1: Yeah, it's it's the mirror first, yes, and
0: then the window, right? Yes, I, I mean, love
1: that. Yeah, I, this friend of mine, he like said it one day. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that the is mirror so first, accurate. and then
0: the window. Yeah, 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 the
1: mirror first, then the window. So the trigger hits, right? And that's the moment to pause and observe. What am I feeling? What's mm-hmm. coming up? What am I really upset about here? Mm-hmm. Not judging it. It's just observing it, right? Well, mm-hmm. this they I said I had to be done by this time and they didn't care and they kept going mm-hmm. well, what boundary was that it was right. your boundary and right. you're responsible for holding your boundary so that <laughs> yes. trigger is saying you're not holding a boundary mm-hmm. you're not speaking your truth you're not in alignment and instead of like addressing it, we just flare up from it because mm-hmm. we're not observing it right we're reacting we're responding we're in that emotional muscle memory around it. Right? <laughs> So like, oh man, this person, Susan, every time it's Susan, right? <laughs> <laughs> but we're not really mad at Susan. We're mad at ourselves because we didn't hold the boundary to get home in time to be there for a commitment that we made. And now we feel shame around not meeting that commitment wow. and we're blaming the wrong people. Mm-hmm. Tell your boss, I cannot take meetings after a certain time on these days. And if they schedule them, you have to decline them mm-hmm. hard, mm-hmm. right? If you're higher up, it's almost impossible. Very if much you're so. Lower, it's almost it's like even more impossible. Cause what if I don't get the promotion? What if I don't get the raise? What if I don't get the next opportunity? Because will I'm- I be judged? Mm. But that's my trigger mm. because it's important to me that I follow through on my commitments. Mm. And and so a lot of times we think, oh, the discontentment that comes at work, it's a signal too. All of this is a signal. Are you in alignment?
0: Mm-hmm. with what you
1: have said is important to you. Right, and, right. And so I don't know, it's it's just a really fascinating part of life. <laughs> I <I'm into that. laughs> go for hours on it.
0: <laughs> for sure. And likewise, Diana, I could speak to hours for you, yeah. uh, with you, excuse me, on these yes. types of topics around human-centric approaches. Really appreciative of, of you being here with me today. Uh, and wrapping things up, what would you say are the, top three things to think about when it comes to difficult conversations based on what we spoke about today.
1: Sure. So are you coming in authentic? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Are you willing to be held accountable in the conversation? Mm. Um, and are you, um, in alignment with what you are agreeing to? Like is, is the conversation in alignment with what you want for your team? Yes. Are you approaching it in that manner? So I think those three words like hit everything (laughs) for everything. Am I in alignment? Am I being accountable? Am I being authentic?
0: The three A's,
1: the three A's, right? Yeah. I think that's, um, watch out triple A. Here we come, we're taking it over. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, I think that's important. And Mm -hmm. and if you kind of focus on that, I think, I think you'll probably hit out of the ballpark, maybe not, but you'll get there.
0: it's a process keeping that in mind too. You know, we, we can't overnight go from discomfort to comfort. uh, That's for sure. Again, I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here, Diana. And my pleasure. And just a quick uh, note to our listenership or subscribership Mm -hmm. out there. If any of our listeners happen to be leadership ownership, or even in the HR space, and you want to hear more about our podcast topics Feel free to reach out to us on our website at www.intuityperformance.com. Thanks for listening to the human side of business podcast. I'm glad you could join us. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to stay updated with our latest content, make sure to visit our website. The link can be found in the episode description where you can subscribe to the podcast, sign up for our newsletter and learn more about our whole person leadership services. Sounds interesting. Explore the Whole Person Leadership Cohort by Intuity Performance, a unique program that offers unparalleled support to managers on every step of their leadership journey. Our program features evidence-based assessments, workbooks, group coaching, and interactive learning experiences to help you level up your leadership skills. Reach out today to apply to one of our upcoming cohorts. Until next time, take care and stay curious.